All right. Hello and welcome. Hello. I'm Heather. I'm Laura. <laughs> you sound already dejected, man. We are. <laughs> so fucking tired. Uh, so you got here early. It's Sunday. We are barely yeah. pulling this off today. <laughs> so coming to you live. Not really. Just from <laughs> a few hours ago. Um, I don't even know if I'm going to be able to edit this. So it it's might just it might just go out raw and unfiltered, <laughs> baby. Like the Howard Stern yeah. show. People probably already think we don't edit, so probably they're like, "Well, this sounds like shit." They don't, <laughs> they don't do anything, dude. It's fucking back. Oh God no! Damn it! Hold, please. All right, the sound is gone. Okay. <laughs> fucking shit. Well, that's not being edited out. Yeah. So, um, well, I'm gonna light my joint. But right. uh, it's a cr- crazy fucking week. Uh, yeah. You had well, you got your sleeve yeah. stuff done. That you may end up going back and getting yeah. a little touched up, which, you know, it happens, yeah. right? Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. Did you feel like explaining it or like not really? Do you want to just, I can literally no. cut it out. No, it's fine. Yeah. So I got my sleeve done. Like it's Last of Us theme. Like the guy who did my clicker did like really amazing on my forearm. So, which is you know. really good. Like he yeah. does solid black and gray work. It looked, it looks really yeah, so I sick just, of shit. Yeah. So I decided to like go back for him for the rest of my arm and that little clicker he did. Like even like the body looks good. Yeah. But for some reason, the head just looks like it has a bag on his head. Like he literally didn't even try to make it look like a clicker. And because I'm a super fan, it's just one of those things where it's like making me fucking crazy. You like, know what it looks like? It reminds me of the, um, did you ever watch the show Watchmen on HBO? Uh-uh. It reminds me though of like some of the bad guys. They wear these like hoods. Honestly, yeah. it looks just like that. Yeah. Now that it's, it's. Or it reminds me of like the Silent Hill nurse or something like that. Oh, but like, yes. Like off brand, like <laughs> doesn't have like a hat on. Great value brand. Yeah. Uh... It's so annoying. Like it really is driving me crazy. But I guess like the work I feel like is at least like good. It is so it's beautiful not like work. I have some fucking janky. Dude, the buildings are fucking spot on. Like to get a straight line on a curved arm yeah. is really tough. Like he did an amazing job. Just that one yeah. little thing. I bet you he'll go. He'll fix it. Like yeah. if you really express, like, I feel scared. <laughs> no, you shouldn't be honest because he needs to know too. Like he's an artist. Yeah. Like he can't do this to somebody yeah. else. And. He may have also taken a, an edible yeah. halfway through his session. And I feel like it was like, because the dude was saying something crazy, like 600 milligrams, bro. What? Like, I take 50. Yeah. No. <laughs> and I think he ate half of it or something. So I feel like he was really fucking high. Because there was even a point where he, I saw him looking at my arm, making that face where it looks like you, that like, oh, I messed up face. Yeah. And I was like looking at him and I felt worried. <laughs> and I don't know what he was doing, but... I hope I don't notice what it was because <laughs> right? it's probably the head. But yeah, so I don't know. It's one of those things too because he starts like from like the very bottom and he started from like far left, like all the way like working yeah. over like over to this way. So yeah, I feel like even when I sent my sister a picture of it, like while I was getting it done, I didn't even notice until like yeah. literally like I stood up, looked in the mirror and he's like, what do you think? <laughs> And I was just like, oh, that zombie looks like he has a bag on his fucking head. Yeah. And then, like, I felt like I should have just said something there yeah. like, so he could have fixed it. But also, it's, like, one of those things where I felt scared. And he was already pissed because I changed my idea, like, oh, two times before going in there. And then when I went in, I changed it back to this. Oh, no. So he's probably, like, fucking pissed at this me. This fucking like, bitch. But, dude, like, I had changed it to Midsummer, And when I went in there, he was just, like, found this chick, like, 
don't yeah. even know who she is. He's like, there was a bear. Is that the right bear? Like, he was like being like kind of. Okay, we're good. Okay. It's done. Okay. It's done clicking. So, uh, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. No, I don't remember. <laughs> oh, fuck. I'm sorry. <laughs> this stupid fucking audio interface. Shit. Oh, yeah. He was being a fucking, like, just, like, a dick about, like, my idea for, like, Midsummer, And it was kind of scary yeah. me because, you know, if someone's, like, not happy doing something, I feel like it would come out bad. So then yeah. I was like, uh. I was like, you know, I was like, if you want, like, originally, like, I just wanted to do, like, the runes and shit like yeah. that. Like, if you just want to do that, like. Yeah. I think maybe that would look better, too. Like, it was just, like, the whole, like sleeve kind yeah. of tying it together he's like i could do that shit easy blah blah, blah. like yeah know. i was like okay so yeah he ended up doing that but then like i don't know it was really awkward because then like him and his wife come back after his little lunch thing and was like she's like oh that's not what you sent me because she's the one who like schedules yeah. everything and i was like yeah i know he made a big fit about it so yeah. i changed it <laughs> <laughs> he's a child yeah I don't know, dude. Like, I do like his work, but now I'm concerned. Yeah. He's taking, like, an edible halfway through. He's, like, like, kind of whining it's like about a professional what he has to do. I'm not, like, a friend yeah. that I know. Like, oh, In go someone's ahead basement. Yeah, like, and I don't care. Like, obviously, like, I used to fucking smoke weed, take edibles, whatever. Like, I know, like, I can function, like, what I can do. But also, like, there's times where I get pretty high where it's kind of like, you know, you get in that zone where you're kind of, like, you zoning out. And, yeah, like, not really, like, focusing that well. So it's kind of scary when, like... You're putting something on me for like the rest of my life. And that's and like your highest uh, fuck. At least a hundred dollars an hour. Like yeah, usually two hundred dollars an hour. So are you I'm serious? Paying you two hundred bucks an hour to be like high as shit. Yeah. God, Laura. Still clicking. <laughs> Hold on. Hold please. And we're back. Okay. <laughs> great. This is going smoothly. We've been recording for six and a half minutes, <laughs> and we've had to pause it twice. It's going to be great. Yeah. Again, I'm not editing shit. Yeah. I don't have time because we're having friends over today for like, uh, we've been doing, uh, did I tell you our Dungeons and Dragons as brunches? Oh, no. I yeah. Didn't know that. That's so fun. we've been doing them like Sunday afternoon. Oh. So yeah, brunch That's today. Fun. We're doing a hot dog bar. So Ooh. here's what sucks. So John went to Wimbaga's, which yeah. is a little German deli in town, which is fucking amazing. And he got a bunch of stuff, some Wieners, mm-hmm. some, uh, some brats and stuff. But he was like, they didn't have everything. And he went early because they open at 7. Yeah. He was like, I was a sixth person in line and I still didn't get like everything I wanted. So because they sell a lot of stuff fast. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, he he got some stuff. And then he was like, yeah, but if you could grab because, you know, I was going to the market after. He's like, if you could grab some more hot dogs, that'd be great. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I go to Safeway. I spend like a hundred bucks on like shoestring potatoes, pickled jalapenos. Like, yeah. you know, I want like all kinds of fun stuff for the hot dog bars. I fucking forgot to buy the hot dogs. So, <laughs> so I have to have John today after we're so done funny. recording, go buy hot dogs. Like, oh, sorry. I forgot the main thing. That reminds me, actually, I found this mustard is called like a uh, Windy City mustard. I want to order some, but it's like, because I love Chicago dogs, or yeah. like used to, and it has everything that's on a Chicago dog, but like in the mustard, like chopped up, Ooh, so like sport yeah. peppers, and like onion, like all the stuff, cool. celery seeds, so yeah, I'm going to order some. It's Fuck actually yeah. made in Denver, so. Nice. And uh, I am sad that they probably have zero vegan options, because I discovered, we discovered, yeah. oh my god, I, we're going to go there this week again, like. I could eat there every day, I think. Well, I'd be like a thousand pounds and have a heart attack. Yeah. But it's called Angry Chicken. Uh-huh. And it's like Korean style corn dogs. Oh. Which is so they take the hot dog uh-huh. and they'll even do where it's like half 
half block of cheese and then half hot dog on a stick. And then they dip it in a yeasted batter, I guess. And then they roll it in panko and then they deep fry it. Holy shit, dude. I've never had anything more delicious. Oh, wait, real quick. Sorry, before you say it. They also do where they will chop up little potatoes and and put it on there. So you have like French fries on your fucking corn dog, deep fried. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yes. That sounds so good. Sorry. I, no, it's I fine. I was just going to say that that sounds delicious because anytime I make like my fried like stuff, like my fried cauliflower, uh-huh. or, like pickles or anything like that, I use panko and I feel like just that crunch is just like. It's satisfying. So much better than. Oh. Hold please. <laughs> and we're back. All right. <laughs> All right. Great. Um, but yeah, dude, angry chicken. And they do so like buckets of chicken and what they'll do. And it's not just like chicken wings, but they'll also, they'll just cut up a whole chicken and fry it basically um so yeah that's probably not helpful for vegans but i wish i wish i could eat some stuff like that i could make it at home maybe (laughs) yeah for sure uh yeah i'd get that korean like the yeasted dough or batter recipe and you could probably make some fucking amazing shit sounds good yeah i love corn dogs and that you should at least look at it to see like how how those like the little fried how, potato yeah. chunks look on it because i had it oh my god gross. So i wonder good. if they just have potatoes or something i can get there and just like oh, right can you dip a potato <laughs> in the batter and then roll it more potatoes and deep fry it last night there was like a giant nail because my bed is on pallets because i'm ghetto <laughs> yeah you know, and listen life happens i thought it would be cute but there's nails sticking out of them everywhere and um my sister's like oh my fucking god like there's like this giant nail sticking out like dude like if i would have stepped on that holy shit so then i was trying to like press it in hold hold please and we're back so yeah so almost stepped on a nail and she screamed oh my fucking god so i was trying to fucking hammer it down stab it in like (laughs) and i stabbed myself in the hand so (gasps) laura go get a fucking tennis shot today yeah (laughs) otherwise your body will seize up and you'll die so um yeah it's everything's (laughs) just going according to plan (laughs) um damn i wish i had any kind of like a saw to you know we're like you shave it off with sparks flying in a very dramatic fashion um oh what about partially down but yeah it's still kind of scary because you know it's like bent like this so i'm worried it's gonna like pull back up or something have you thought of like cutting a chunk of foam off and stabbing it like like on the nails just so i should yeah just as a temporary precaution thing yeah yeah i was thinking like maybe i should buy a bed frame (laughs) yeah because i love that palette like look because it's just like my bed's low to the ground Mm -hmm. but then yeah it's also like they don't like line up evenly and they're kind of ghetto so is it comfortable well do you sleep well yeah my bed is nice on your bed of nails because my bed's like that like weird like um hybrid it doesn't need a fucking box spring (laughs) yeah yeah we have like a it's kind it's not totally memory film but it's yeah i think maybe it's the same thing yeah so it's fine and it's on the palettes. And, like, when I was thinking of it, I was thinking of, like, those, like, I don't know what it is, like, in Japan or something. They mm-hmm. put their mattresses on those, like, like yeah. slats or whatever. And it's mm-hmm. supposed to, like, allow airflow and, like, yeah. I don't know, weird shit like that. So I was thinking that same idea, but. Do you think Ikea has something? Yeah, I was thinking that. Maybe I'll look online. I'm getting my tax return soon, so. Yeah. Yeah. Might as well buy a fucking, just something similar, but not dangerous. 
Because my little niece, you know, loves to, like... Yeah. My room's, like, an art museum for her because I have all my weird shit yeah. and things on the walls and, like, little collectible shit. So she's just, like... Ah. Yeah. <laughs> and she loves my bed because she can get on it. Yep. So my now sister you- is, like... Ellie, I could have stepped on this. It's like, sorry. You're like, I know. I'm realizing that now. I, my apologies. Yeah. Listen, it makes her tougher. <laughs> um, you're never too early to get your first tetanus shot. That's <laughs> what I've always said. I think I had one when I was 18. I know they last like about 10, ten years. years. But yeah. I feel like I'm right on that like edge where it's like. I haven't had one in a long time. I could probably use one. Yeah. It makes you, man, your arm though, dude. Yeah, it fucking that's why hurts. I'm like, fuck, I might be able to do this one, please. <laughs> I don't know. I got the COVID shot. Maybe it'll be like the same. Because yeah. I remember my arm being pretty tender, kind of being a baby about it. Yeah, so, so probably should do that. <laughs> so I have to tell you about, because I know we're going to like wrap this up real yeah. soon. Because like, we got to just, oh, hold please. And we're back. Uh, I know we got to wrap this shit up. But uh, <laughs> I was thinking, because, okay, I'm working at like just a little dinky cake place. It's not yeah. specialty cakes or anything like that. It's very, very simple. Um, but there's a girl there. She's 19. Very, yeah. very sweet. She's not a bad person, you know, just a little detached from reality because she's 19. And it, from the sounds of it, she's been very coddled her whole oh, life, yeah. you know, really had a lot handed to her. Doesn't understand, you know, she'll say things at 19, like, people just don't want to work these days. And it's like, you're (laughs) 19 years old, dude. She also said, girl, I shit you not. I think Johnny Depp peaked at Pirates of the Caribbean. (laughs) Like, who are you as a person? So, and then, like, just random shit that drives me fucking crazy. Where she was talking, like, yeah, man, like... Again, so we're all standing and like it's it's a little quiet, you know. We're we're kind of all focused on our work, and then she just blurts out like no one's asked her. Yeah. She's not being engaged anyway. <laughs> she just blurts out, yeah. And then my mom was asking me like how much money I had saved up in my bank account, and I was like twelve grand, and she was like, oh my god, that's so much, and I was like, well, yeah, I'm saving for a car. It was like, what are you fucking, first off, never tell people you don't know that well how much money you have in your fucking (laughs) savings account. And it's like, and on top of that, when it's like, inflation's hitting everybody so fucking hard. Like, I feel like I cannot afford anything. I'm finally like making money again. And it's like, but I still have no money. Like, it's all I feel. Yeah. And you're making like, decent, I think. And like, um... I just, every time I go to the grocery store, and we're not buying crazy shit. I don't buy a lot of junk food. We don't even buy soda. And, like, it's still coming out to, like, 120 to 150 yeah. for groceries for, like, a week. And that's still, like, we still have to go and stop and, like, buy a few yeah. things here and there. I'm not buying prime rib, no yeah. seafood. <laughs> it's like, like, it's normal, yeah. <laughs> chicken and maybe some ground beef with, like, vegetables. And, yes, some garbage. All yeah. right, you got me. <laughs> um but anyway, so it's like everybody's going through the shit. My friend who lives here, she had to borrow money from her sister. Like yeah. everybody I knew was struggling. And then for her to just like blurt that out, yeah. it's like you privileged little bitch <laughs> who is 19 years old. Yeah. At 19, if you're working this bullshit job and you have 12 grand saved up, you clearly do yeah. not have a single bill you yeah. have to fucking pay. And then she was like, on it because Friday was April Fool's and she was talking about how like uh, my mom said my grandparents are gonna come and stay and uh, they're she's gonna 
let them sleep in my room. And, and she was like <laughs> freaking out. We were like, oh my God, like, well, is your room comfortable? Like, do they have to like use stairs to get to your room? Yeah. She's like, no. And it was like, oh, hold please. <laughs> that was my stomach, I swear. Oh. I don't know how it made that noise. I didn't hear anything. What did you? Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought I paused it. <laughs> it's still going. Oh. <laughs> all right, well, that all got captured, and I'm, guess what? I'm not fucking editing it out because I ain't got time. <laughs> so. This is so like stupid. my stomach, your like... fucking burp, like. <laughs> we run a tight ship here um (laughs) fuck what was i even saying now i'm all distracted Uh, oh her grandparents uh, so her grandparents are staying and like i was like well how old are they and she's like oh they're in their 70s i was like oh my god you're complaining (laughs) about your 70 year old grandparents using your bedroom like oh how fucking hard for you you know where it's like they're little old people (laughs) you're just a spoiled 19 year old like i can't every time she brings up a problem in her life i'm like i just don't want to fucking hear it uh oh she was like my grandma they she smokes weed and i was like dude your grandma sounds (laughs) fucking awesome can i go hang out with your grandma because you clearly don't appreciate her funny Um, just little things like that where it's like kind of throughout the day or she'll do that. So I know like the person you work with who will do this where she'll just be like, (gasps) (sighs) and she'll (laughs) let out these long sighs for everyone to be like, what's wrong? You know? So, um, yeah, that's the story of the 19 year old I work with. It just drives me fucking nuts. I mean, yeah. That actually reminds me just like a random weird thing. My sister's like, I went to the grocery store and there was like this girl who looked like she was literally like 10 or like 12 years old, like bagging my groceries. But then she was talking like about like, oh man, like, how are you today? And my sister's like, I'm good. And she said she was like, just like really like concerned about this person working. <laughs> And the girl's like, yep, you know, like, just working working hard on that grind. You know, I'm really exhausted. Like, just, like, talking like they've been working, like, 50 years or something. And yeah. I'm like, and so like, oh, yeah, like. <laughs> Life is fucking yeah. hard, huh? And then, like, I guess the girl says something like, I have to leave in, like, five minutes. She's like, if I clock out late, I'll get in trouble since I'm a minor or something like that. Oh. And then my sister was like, okay, so she is 10. <laughs> She's got to get back to class. Yeah. But I thought it was just like funny. She's like on that grind, like <laughs> trying to make ends meet. Like, oh, like, fuck, man. Well, maybe she is, but Jesus. Or yeah. she's just like has a car payment. Yeah. <laughs> she has to get pay for. Because, um, yeah, and that's the other thing, too, because like for the 19-year-old, yeah. she'll complain about how much she has to work. And it's like, girl, you only work four days a week. Yeah. I work four days a week, you know, but, you know, okay, whatever. Yeah. But it's mostly because... I need days off because I had ankle surgery last year. My knees. Oh, hold please. Nope. And we're back. Okay. Uh, No, I don't remember what I was saying. It doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. Yeah, it's taking time off. But you have an actual life. Oh, yeah. Well, because it's like you're 19 years old. (laughs) Yeah. You're not doing much. It's like I just, we just sold a business where I was working like 90 hours a week. And it's like. I just can't fucking hear you complain yeah. about your knees hurt and yeah. you have 12 grand in your bank account. Oh no, my grandparents might stay in my bedroom. What am I to do? Oh, sorry. Last thing. So sorry. Okay. Cause the other thing she said blew my fucking mind. It was so funny. 
I was asking a girl, like somebody different, like, oh, have you ever like really lost it on somebody? Like someone you didn't know that well, like you freaked the fuck out, yeah. you know? Um, and she told a brief story. And then this one girl was like, oh my God, I freaked out so hard on my mom last night. I was like screaming and crying. And I don't even remember what it was about. I was like, what? What? <laughs> It's like, holy shit, is this such a common occurrence for you that, like, yeah. this is just another day in our house? <laughs> yeah. She's like saying, I freaked out on my mom. Like, Yeah. And I'm thinking about, you know, there was a time I threw, like, a drink at a Wendy's. Yeah. Listen, that's a story for another day. But, like, I threw a drink at a Wendy's. She was talking about kicking a stranger out of her house who was, like, doing inappropriate things, yeah. you know? And then she's like, I freaked out on my mom so hard last night. My mom who lets me live in her house and rent free. <laughs> rent free with no bills. And, like, I'm not trying to, like, shit on her too much because it's just 19 yeah. and it's, it's just like, an experience. Yeah. It's, uh... But in a few I just, years, she'll realize, like, wow. When she's on her own, yeah. if she's not having her parents pay some of her bills, yeah. then she will realize. Because yeah. I know you know someone else who too, who's been like... I don't understand yeah. why people can't save money. And yeah. she, her dad pays her rent. It's like, dude. Yeah. yeah. Must be nice because she says the same thing. Like, I have 13 grand in my bank account right now. And I was like, oh. Must be fucking nice to not have to nice. pay for shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, shit. Let's, let's get started on that note. Um, I don't remember how much. Uh, or who went first. I think. I don't know. Okay. Well, I can go first. Okay. Oh, my gosh. Or do you want to go first? I remember one more thing. Okay, do it. So, um, uh, an Amazon package came in and it, like, wasn't for the shop or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it was, like, just for some random old fucking dude. They're, like, put, like, a note on it, like, oh, like, wrong address or some shit like that. But then I was thinking, I was, like, how will they know it's here? They won't. So, I called Amazon. And I was, like, hey, like. Hold, please. And we're back. So, yeah. Um, called Amazon. They're like, oh, actually, like, I guess, like, once a package gets delivered to your house and, like, if you don't know the person, like, mm -hmm. they just consider that package, like, lost. Holy shit. They're like, so if you want to keep it or dispose of it, like, go ahead. Fucking Amazon. What? Yeah. They're like, so, like, it's already been, like, handled, basically. Like, they're already sending the guy out a new package. Oh, okay. So I, I like, mean, okay. it's not heart medication or anything. Yeah. So since the lady told me i could keep it i was like okay so i opened it up and it was like this like a hundred dollar razor off like fucking amazon oh, like shit. called like the lawnmower or some shit like that for like like guys i guess like yeah. in their fucking balls and <laughs> oh <laughs> like they're like uh, yeah anyways their logo looks like it's like a heart but then it's like upside down so oh my god yeah that's but, amazing um yeah so i was like oh sweet like dylan's birthday is on fucking uh it was like last week on uh monday yeah. yeah so i was like i'm just gonna like give this to him as like one of his presents or whatever and apparently it's like something he's been wanting are you <laughs> serious yeah so it's like worked out i guess Fuck yeah. but like i'm like getting ready to take her right and another girl i work with is like oh like avi would like this like whatever oh her boyfriend shit. and i was like uh well i opened it so it's mine that's how i felt i was like i just did all the work for this yeah like, like they just called, told like yeah <laughs> you guys were ready to not do shit with this yeah so then she was just like rock paper scissors <gasps> oh my god and she's like one of those people who when you play rock paper scissors it's like she like oh. does that like extra Be like no put the symbol behind your back <laughs> so i was like no 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 i was like we need to restart i was like we're doing this on three she's like okay 
And then, obviously, I won. Yeah, so. clearly. <laughs> you are the superior rock, paper, scissors <laughs> champion. I was happy. I was like, I should have won because, you know. Yeah. Like I you said, you did it. all the, yeah. You called. You, like, yeah. made contact. Everybody else was ready to, like, throw in the trash. Yeah. Like, you didn't even want this. Yeah, so. But, yeah, so I got, like, a nice little razor. Nice. For your balls. I just wanted to share that. Because I was thinking about who's going first. Yeah. <laughs> Rock, paper, scissors. You know. All right. Well, I guess we're going to have to do that on <laughs> while we record. Rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> I don't remember who went first at all last week, so. I don't either. Um, is your story long today? Or? A little bit. It's, like, four printed pages. Uh, How about yours? Mine's, like, the same, but it's, like. Actually, it's like three and a quarter, so. Okay. I don't know. What do you want to do? I just guess I'll just go first. Okay. I don't care. Just get out of the way. Good. I've... <laughs> Great. Um, do you want me to just start while you're lighting that up? <laughs> yep. Ooh, All right. I'm on fire. So um, I'm going to, I might go like a little fast just to time zone. <coughs> okay. So <laughs> instead, you want me to, uh, yeah, never mind. Okay. Sorry. All right. So today I'm going to be talking about the murder of Michelle Martinko. Hopefully that's the right way to say it. Um, it was one of Iowa's most haunting cases due to the fact that it went unsolved for so long. Um, she was an 18-year-old girl found stabbed to death in her car on December 20th of 1979 in the parking lot of a mall in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. It was just a few days before Christmas, and nearly every officer remembered being called to the mall that day, witnessing one of the most horrific um, crime scenes that they had ever seen, because things like that usually just didn't happen in that area, at least then. I don't know how it is now. Um, a retired detective na- named Harvey Denlinger said that um, he had never seen anybody stabbed that many times, and that she had gone to the mall that day to pay for a coat. Oh. That was on layaway, like, for her mom or something like that. That's so sad. Yeah. Um, she had, like, $186 in cash with her. I don't know how much that was in the 80s. I feel like it probably wasn't a big difference. Probably like a but... million dollars. <laughs> man. But um, she ended up, I guess, deciding she didn't even want it. After she, like, looked at it again, she's like, eh, whatever. So um, I guess she was, like, a high school senior. She was the youngest sister to Janelle Stonebreaker, her parents considered her, like, their miracle baby because I guess her mom had had, like, five miscarriages before having her. So, like, her death was just, like, really devastating for them. Um, her sister said that her father was, like, really stoic when he found out, but her mother was, like, super emotional. Um, she had had scoliosis growing up. She had to wear a brace until she was, like, 14. So Man, what a bummer. She, she kind of had that, like, ugly duckling syndrome. And, then, like, once the brace came off, um, like, everyone was kind of like oh like wow yeah you know like this like new person like she was getting like a lot of like attention from boys but she was just like kind of like blissfully unaware and she had that like long blonde hair she started styling i guess like fair faucet like whatever like yeah so she ended up meeting this um i wrote man but i think it's boy because there's already like 15 and 16 uh his name was like andy seidel seidel i don't know sorry i'm reading game of thrones and they're always like I'm nearly a man full grown. And they're like 12 years old. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, it's just, anyway. Same thing. On. Exactly. So, um, they met while roller skating. What oh a, my God. That's adorable. Yeah. Um, and they dated for two years. Then they ended up breaking up around the age of 18. And I guess this kid was like super possessive. Uh, he Ew. didn't take the breakup. Well, he basically like started stalking her. <laughs> yeah. He would like talk to her friends and like find out like what she was doing, like why she was dating this guy, like who he was, Ew. like what she, yeah, just like needed to know everything. So 
when police figured out that he was at the mall the same night that she was murdered, they brought him in for questioning, but his mom provided him with an alibi, and a lot of people were like, that's fucking bullshit. Like, yeah. obviously, like, anyone's mom's gonna give them an alibi, but, um, whatever. And also, I guess, like, his behavior was a little weird. And then his behavior at her funeral, like, I guess, only continued to fuel their suspicion, because apparently he was, like, literally like, climbing in her casket dude like had his like arms wrapped around her like was like holding her like oh my god crying and like screaming like what did what was it he was like saying something like i have to know who she loved when she died oh like, my did she god. love me or did she love mike like it's just like whoa dude what but, the fuck yeah and so mike this guy who's like freaking out about it was another guy she had dated but it was like never serious and he was a never he was never like a serious suspect Mm -hmm. um and he wasn't even in cedar rapids at the time of the murder so he had been like 100 miles away at college or something like that when she was murdered so um the only person anyone really believed had done it was andy and police were like well he has an alibi so they started to wonder if it was a stranger someone like that who had killed her in the parking lot that night um so i guess a man or a man or a boy, I don't fucking know, yeah. <laughs> named Tra- Tracy Price had seen Michelle that night and knew that she had had that money on her because she was kind of just, like, flashing it around, like, pulling it in and out of her purse. I don't fucking know. Right, telling people she's got 12 grand <laughs> yeah. safe in her fucking savings account. <laughs> yeah. So he's like, uh, you need to, like, put that away. Like, don't, like, be that. And everyone's seen that. See that. And then she was like, oh, like, I've been anxious all night anyways. And told him that, like, she felt nervous and that like someone had been following her or something like that but he said he didn't like see anyone following her or whatever and i guess they ended up like parting ways after that and yeah she ended up heading back to her car in the dark where she would you know end up being murdered and i guess she had parked like pretty far from the mall like way out in the parking lot it was like in the dark and i think it looked like it was in one of those like parking garages the photos i saw but i'm not sure so um Apparently, when she got to her car, it was, like, because it's, like, December, you know, her window was, like, frosty, so she got into the (laughs) car to warm it up. Sorry, I said that, like, 20 times. And uh, I guess the detective suspected that as she was waiting, her killer opened the door, like, forced himself into the car. And they don't think it was a robbery because that money that she had had was still in her purse and she had bought some other things and it was like all still in the car um she wasn't sexually assaulted but she had defensive wounds on her hands and her body and it was said that she put up like a, like a fight like a Good. literal fight yeah um she was stabbed 29 times and had cuts Whoa. across her hands so <laughs> detective matt denlinger said you have to assume that pretty much any motive you can think of was a possibility and that she basically just didn't allow that to happen. Like, yeah. whatever this person wanted to happen, like, she fought so hard, like, there's, like, they probably just, like, took the fuck off because by then it's just, like, yeah. Yeah. So, um, when police searched her family's Buick, that was the car that she had driven to the, or drove to the mall that day, um, they found rubber, rubber glove intentions on the outside of the car in dirt. And they also found them inside the car, like, in the blood. And the person who had done this obviously, like, planned it since they brought gloves and wanted to hide their identity. So, because of this, police had, like, no fingerprints. They basically had no witnesses. They had few leads and basically, like, no suspects. So, it was just, like, a dead end. Um, So, the case, like, went cold. Yeah. Uh, so, D- DNA t- technology was still a few years away. And her family was basically just, like, pissed because they 
had nothing else to really go on. Um, so her case sat cold for almost two decades until 2005 when Detective Doug Larison took charge of the case. And apparently he had even gotten to, like, high school with Michelle. He didn't, like, really know her. But obviously, like, when a kid dies in, like, high mm-hmm. school, he's kind of like that. Yeah. So um, he said he felt, like, some kind of responsibility, like, to his classmates and, like, to her to solve the case. So while reading through her case, he saw that a detective had taken blood from the gear shift of the Buick, but had never followed up on the results that were sent to the lab for testing. So he went and found that lab report and discovered that the DNA was um, male, like male DNA. So he took her dress that she had been wearing that night. It was like an evidence locker for the past 20 years. Oh, wow. And they also found that same exact male DNA on it, just like a tiny little spot on her dress. And, uh, I guess they decided to send it to CODIS or whatever. Mm -hmm. And they were hoping that whoever like did this had like a previous record, but there was no hit. So it left them with the much harder job of like having to go back like in the town and like test every single person they had talked to. So, um, Mike, that guy who, uh, like, she was dating, and, like, he was still in college, yeah. right? Yeah. And Tracy, the guy who had seen her that night at the mall, they both came back negative and were eliminated as, as suspect. So next was Andy, who I guess everyone had, like, all those years still believed it was him. And even, like, his own parents, like, died, oh. I guess, like, thinking that he, like, probably killed this girl. Yikes. Yeah, so, but then they do test his DNA, and it turns oh, out it's shit. not him. It was cleared, so... Damn. Turns out he was just, like, a victim, too, I guess. So it kind of, like, sucks that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> anyways, um, they went on to, like, her classmates. No one's a match, so they're like, we don't know who the fuck this is. And so the detective was, like, pretty burnt out. He's like, I don't know, like, what else to do. So he asked if someone else could replace him on the case. And that's when Matt Denlinger, the son of the original detective on the case, began searching for Michelle's killer, and he took over the case in 2015. So again, like, DNA's, like, come a little bit further by now, and on the other side of the country, Virginia's Parabon, I think that's Parabon Nanolabs, Hmm. are able to, I guess, take the DNA, and they can create, like, a profile and like a picture of like what this Whoa, person would look what? like yeah just from your dna which yeah sounds like super sci-fi but the, it is super yeah. sci-fi. <laughs> fuck. yeah so he's like whatever like fuck it like i guess we'll like do it yeah so they create this um profile <laughs> and it's like a white male with blonde hair and blue eyes possibly that's what they say yeah and so they give these like three different like sketches or pictures whatever and a press conference is held and they like release them and they're like this could be him like anyone who like knows like any information let us know so then obviously like as always like hundreds of people are calling in like oh my dad or you know because it's like fucking blonde hair blue eyes like every dude in america basically so um so Hopefully, you know, since you're listening to a murder podcast, but um, right. Joseph D'Angelo, a.k.a. even how you say his name, yeah. I don't fucking know, just the Golden State Killer, uh, he was arrested in 2018, charged with, you know, rape and murder, whatever. He had been found through the gen- genetic genealogy Oh, that's thing, right, yeah. yeah. Which, if you don't know, is charting of one family member to another, basically just like a DNA family tree. So... They decided, like, hey, we'll do this with the DNA that we found in the car and on the dress. 
So in July of 2018, they got good news. They had found a relative of the killer named Brandy Jennings. So she was um, a girl living in Vancouver, Washington. She was the second cover, second cousin. <laughs> you got this. Uh, once removed. And do you know what the fuck that means? I've I always f- wondered what that means. I feel like I think I know, and then I get confused. <laughs> I don't know. If you don't know, Google it. Okay. <laughs> Figure it out. She was removed. No, I'm not telling you. I'm telling our listeners. Our okay. One. I was going to Google it last night when I was like thinking about it. I was like, whatever. I don't care. There's not, there wasn't enough time. <laughs> yeah. We barely pulled this yeah. off. Anyway. I was like typing it out. I was like, I wonder what that means. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. So um, they spent months building i guess like this family dna tree i guess it's kind of like a lot of work and yeah. they were like looking at like said gravestone records i was like what the fuck is that but anyways like gravestone records birth records all this stuff to like figure out like who these family members were um and basically just like building this like puzzle putting it together so the lab that did this for them parabon said that you know, we think your best bet would be to look at these three brothers living in Iowa. So by now, it had been 38 years since her murder. So Holy shit, man. They go and they find all these brothers, and they slowly be- begin collecting um, DNA samples. But it's, like, without them knowing kind of a thing. So they're, like, following them around, like, waiting for them to, like, eat something and then, like, take it. So, um... Donald and Kenneth Burns were eliminated after detectives collected straws from a lunch and a toothbrush from a trash can. So it left one other brother, Jerry, and they followed him to a pizza restaurant where he drank a few sodas with a straw. And then they took that and tested it and turns out he's an exact match. Whoa. um, And it was like weird because I guess they had like a photo of him when he was like younger and it was like. Sorry, almost an exact match to that weird, like weird sketch that they had released from that Whoa. like DNA profile thing. So nuts. kind of weird, yeah. So um, he wasn't connected to Michelle in any way besides his family had taken him to that same mall like a few times when they were kids, and despite questioning him even on the exact date, like they wanted like kind of shake him up, so they waited until it was like exactly like thirty nine years to date or something like yeah. that to question him. But he, like, wouldn't admit it. He was just like, oh, like, I could have done it and forgotten. or sometimes, Yeah, just, like, really weird. So her family was really, like, ecstatic to hear the news. I think it might have only been her sister, like, who was, like, still alive. I'm not sure if her parents were still alive. But her yeah. sister was, like, just, like, said she was, like, really, like, relieved that finally, like, she was going to get some justice. Yeah. So Jerry, the guy who they think, um, well, know who did this, uh, apparently had married and had two kids. He had, like, a completely clean record, so it was just, like, a huge shock. Um, his son and daughter both believe that there was no way he could have done it. And basically, everyone in his family is like, there's no way, like, there's no way he could have done this. Yeah. But then it's like, so it's how's exact it? DNA. Yeah. So um, he finally gets put on trial in 2020, 40 years after the murder. And it was hard for him for them to, I guess, take this, like, 40-year-old case and turn it into a story, especially yeah. since it's just, like, so old. They didn't really have, like any motive so it's like they're trying to like basically say like yeah this guy who didn't know her did yeah. it and he's not admitting it but so i guess it was kind of like shaky and they were worried that like the jury wasn't gonna like really go for it mm-hmm. um and they had like his kids testify and like there's yeah. no way he could have done this like you know whatever so they tried to say that the dna could have gotten there like some other way some other but it's means, just, yeah. when people say that it's just like how like how though he like cut himself and then it got on her dress and her 
yeah. gear shift. Like, it just doesn't make sense. So, um, they called in a guy who had been, like, in jail with him during this time and, like, played cards with him or something like that. And he said that he'd asked him if he'd done it. He never admitted it. But that while they were playing a game of cards one day and he was losing, he said something like, don't make me take you to the mall or something Whoa. like that. Yeah. Which the guy said, like, really disgusted him because it's just like, ugh. Like, yeah. Even if it's a joke, it's like, why are you joking about that? So um, the defense tried hard to convince the jury that the blood could have been cross-contamination, but there was just no way to explain that blood on the dress. And um, I guess the jury, like, believed them because they deliberated for three hours and then they came back with a guilty verdict. So yeah, uh, he was charged with first-degree murder. Michelle's family was happy and relieved, but Jerry's family, like, just couldn't believe it. They're like, no, like, there's no way, like, our father did this. Um, Harvey Denlinger, the detective that this all started with, was actually able to see his son finish it. And apparently in his interview with police, although Jerry, although never admitting it, he did mention the name of another girl named Jody True, I don't know, yeah. who was... Another blonde girl who was kidnapped, um, she was like an anchor, I guess, from her car in a parking lot in 1995, and they never found her in Mason City, Iowa, which was just two hours from where Jerry was living, so um, I guess that's like something else yeah. they didn't really have much details on, but it's kind of weird that he just like brought it up randomly yeah. during an interview. Um, so he was sentenced to life without parole. And the family of Michelle and the detectives like to credit her with solving her own murder, saying that like, you know, if she wouldn't have fought so hard that the murderer never would have cut himself, leaving that DNA that would help like solve it 40 years later. So. Yeah. Dun, yeah. Dun, dun. <laughs> Man, that's fucking wild. Just the fact that he just stabbed, he didn't really even know her. Yeah, right? it's weird. Yeah, it didn't take anything. Like just like literally like. And, like, it's weird because they say when, like, someone stabs someone that much, like, 30 times, like, it's personal. Yeah, because that's a lot of force. Like, to sit there and stab somebody 30 times. you don't even like, know, yeah. Fuck. Really weird. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, for my story, oh, we're doing Iowa this week, by yeah. the way. <laughs> Just to throw it out there in case you were confused. <laughs> um, I decided to do something a little different. Um, yeah, okay. So... In honor of, well, because, like, Bill and Lori are going to go see it this year. Yeah. And they're going to go to Knot Fest, which is a, a Slipknot metal oh, thing. Yeah. Um, they're talking about, like, oh, I think we're sitting in the clown section. Like, they're all, yeah. they're so Ooh. fucking pumped for this. And I used to really love Slipknot in high yeah. school. I haven't listened to them Same, in a long yeah. time. I don't listen to a lot of metal. Um, it's not really what I go to. Yeah. But... Uh, I'm going to cover the death of Joey Jordson, who was a founding member of Slipknot, and the fact that they had an album named Iowa, which oh. apparently is like some of their best work. Wow. I figured I would just All talk right, about that. Sweet. So, you may know the band Slipknot as the guys that have been able to only snag one Grammy out of ten nominations, uh, or the guys with the crazy horror masks on stage that punch each other in the face, <laughs> or the group that used to huff a dead crow they kept in a jar before they would perform. What? Girl. <laughs> Girl. I read that. I was like, what Ew. the fuck? So, yes, they used to. They haven't done it in a long time. Yeah. He, they said at one point it was like gelatinous. Oh my god! <laughs> they would like inhale it and then barf and be like death and then play their oh fucking god. instruments. So 
But I think they're most well known for being from Iowa, obviously. Um, They are indeed from Iowa, corn capital of the U.S. Iowa is also the state where Ozzy Osbourne famously bit the head off of a bat. So it's like perfect that these guys are from Iowa. Um, No matter how you feel about the band, you can't deny that they were a force to be reckoned with. And Joey Jordison was a founding member and its main drummer. So the only original remote. Oh, my God. The only root. Fuck. (laughs) God damn it. The only original member that remains today is Sean Clown Cran. Crayhan. I know I just said Cran. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. This is going to be a bad episode, man. <laughs> so how did Joey help drive this crazy group of dudes from Iowa into one of the biggest metal bands in the world? We'll talk about it. Joey was destined to be a drummer. His mother said that by the time he was three, he loved to sit and bang on pots and pans and Mm -hmm. remarks that even for a little kid, he was dropping some pretty sick beats. Uh As a child, he learned to play the drums as well as a guitar, and he started his own band in grade school, which I think is, like, adorable. Um, Oh, and that, so his friend was originally playing the drums, but I guess his friend was playing them so badly, he was like, I'll play drums, you play the guitar (laughs) so they like swapped and he did like have his own drum kit he was like playing drums like you know for funsies um but he was pretty introverted and being picked on because he was a really small kid and even as an adult he only stood about five feet five inches tall so he was a little guy but hey he was packed full of energy yeah um and i couldn't tell exactly when his parents divorced but i think it was around junior high or high school but uh, the separation helped Joey mature into adult, he said, because it um, he had to help raise his two little sisters while his mother worked, only being able to see his father on the weekends. And that so his about his mother, Joey said, even though I do a lot of fucked up shit and I play in the most fucked up band in the world, she did raise me really well. <laughs> um, and I couldn't find too much information on it. But when Joey's mother did remarry to his stepfather, the man owned about five funeral parlors. Whoa. So sometimes joey would have to actually help like embalm bodies so you know he was no stranger to death (laughs) let me tell you um but joey's heart was still music and he did not want to stay in des moines iowa forever and in small towns like that sometimes trying to get out can be really tough you know when there's that like herd mentality of like you are one of us um and especially when there's like no support for what you're doing because you're into some pretty crazy shit in a small town um And he said, this is his quote, when someone constantly tells you to get a real job and quit spending your money on new drum pedals, all that shit circles around in your head. There's a constant hate in me. It never leaves and it comes out every day. We were degraded for so long and had fingers pointed at us. When you get that middle finger as much as we did, you just want to throw it back in their faces. So they were like really driven to like do something. Um, Jordison chose to work the graveyard shifts at a Sinclair's gas station so he could listen to heavy uh, heavy metal music throughout the night and make his plans on world domination through metal (laughs) uh literally one year before founding slipknot which was originally named the pale ones joey was a part (laughs) of another group that thankfully he left the band's name brace yourself was called anal blast (laughs) and it featured such songs as menstrual pancake and suck the blood of christ out of the devil's dick (laughs) (laughs) the album was called Puss Blood uh, Pentagram. (laughs) So I'm sure you can find it on Spotify. Check it out. Uh, And I, listen, I had to type in anal blast into my computer (laughs) and I'm fucking afraid. (laughs) What the fuck have I done to myself? Anyway, okay. So it wasn't just Joey's uh, conception 
along with planning was clown who would visit Joey during his shifts at Sinclair's gas station. And they would like obsessively go over the horrific details. They wanted to come through their music, but only in like a really positive outlet (laughs) by huffing dead crows and punching each other in the face. Uh, Sean Crahan in the early nineties had lost an uncle to gang violence. And he said he needed an escape. So when he and Joey got together to come up with plans to get the fuck out of Iowa and try to make it big, uh, they kind of like were this perfect match, I guess, because um, he's like kind of a bigger dude. So they mm-hmm. called one of the articles called him his pocket size pal. <laughs> <laughs> That's so mean. Um, so in Iowa, there weren't too many metal bands that came through. So, well, wait. Yeah. Sorry, I'm reading the right sentence. Yes. Um, so it made the I don't know why I wrote that. Sorry, I wrote something really weird. It doesn't matter. So. But with, like, a small town like that, a smaller town, it's just Des Moines. It's not, like, the smallest. But, like, because there aren't too many metalheads when there are metal shows, like, even if they're local, like, people show up because it's such a small, little, tight-knit community. Um, And they played a lot of gigs. And the first gig that they played, Corey Taylor actually was, like, at their very, very first show. Um, So Corey Taylor was a local. They were all locals, you know. And uh, Corey Taylor is not shy about his talent because he, like, in articles, he's like, yeah, I knew I was the best fucking singer in Iowa. Like, (laughs) and I mean, hey, he was. Like, he ended up being in a huge band. Um, But he had actually started Stone Sour before he joined Slipknot. Um, So, yeah, Mm -hmm. at the very first show where he watched Slipknot come out, because he said they, like, barged through the back doors, or not the back doors, like... They went through the crowd, basically, to get yeah. to the stage. Joey was on somebody's shoulders. I don't remember who. Yeah. And he's, like, punching people in the head as he's walking <laughs> by to get to the stage. So Corey was, like, in, you know? Because yeah. um, they're all fucking insane, dude. <laughs> all of these guys are out of their fucking minds. Um, but, yeah, so he saw that and he was, like, I'm going to end up singing for this band. Because he was, Corey Taylor was approached a lot, actually, by other bands. Like, will you come sing for us? And, yeah. you know, he usually turn them down. But he said he'd never had that feeling before of, like, oh, shit, this is, like, the band I want to sing for. Um, So, yeah, he, one night, he's working. uh, He, three members from the band from Slipknot, and he knew who they were, like, walked into his life. So that was Joey Clown and Paul Gray, who's better known as the pig. I think he's the bassist. Um, He was the bassist. In 1997, they entered Des Moines Adult Emporium, where Corey worked, which had a wonderful array of sexy time videos and sexy time toys. Uh, Corey summed up the meeting of them basically threatening violence if he didn't come audition for their band. They literally were like, we're going to kick your fucking ass if you don't fucking audition for us. Um, so even when he auditioned for him, Joey screamed to clown like while he, Corey Taylor is auditioning for him. And he says, he says like something along the lines of like, if we can't get this guy, we're going to have to kill him. <laughs> um, but yeah, oh, and they loved his voice so much because they've recorded, like, another album, like a demo album before that, but they loved his voice so much they actually replaced their original huh. lead singer's voice on the album for Corey Taylor's. Um, the idea of Slipknot grew and grew. They each had their own masks, and they unanimously decided that they would wear, um, sorry, but identifying, or, like, they'd all wear the same jumpsuits with the label Mate uh, Mate Feed Kill Repeat on it, which I guess was the title of their first demo album. Um, 
And then quickly the notion of numbers came up to be like, well, okay, we're just no one then. We're just yeah. a synonymous group. So each each player has a number that represents them. Um, Joey was number one, and he wore originally a pure white uh, kabuki mask. And he explained, one Halloween when I was about eight years old, I came home from school and my mother popped around the corner with that mask on. Uh, and a long road and scared the living fuck out of me. It's always stuck with me, so I had to use that for my mask. Um, so besides working their ever-loving asses off, uh, they getting a slot at Ozfest did really help move move things along. So before being signed with Roadrunner Records, the band had been rejected by ten different labels, and one man from Sony said. If this is the future of music, I don't want to be alive. <laughs> Which apparently delighted the shit out of Joey, who was like, oh, well, then we must be doing something yeah. right. If people hate us this much, fuck yeah. Um, within one year, their self-titled debut album went double platinum. Joey considered making the debut album, or oh, I'm sorry, Joey considers making uh, the debut album as some of his best memories of his entire life. Mm -hmm. Like he said, that is probably like the highlight of his entire life. So... Oh, he also created Slipknot's logo, um, the font used in their name, which kind of makes it look like mm -hmm. an infected type of font. And then he did gift his fans with the moniker Maggots. So every Slipknot fan, they consider themselves Maggots. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was kind of cool. <laughs> um, but it was their famously acclaimed album, Iowa, that takes the cake as some of their best work from fans and critics as well. Because when I was talking to Bill and Lori about it and I mentioned Iowa, he goes, oh, that's their best album. Like instantly. Yeah. He didn't even know what I was going to say about it. But like, no, he knew. So um, anyway, the band calls this point as some of their darkest days musically as well as personally putting themselves through physical harm to get the sound of anger and hatred right joey recalled in an interview that working on the album felt like a prison and that everyone was drunk and on drugs during the process the producer of the album ross uh, robinson apparently made the recording even more chaotic by body slamming people he'd randomly kick and punch people like during <laughs> recording and he said he would throw potted plants at Joey and Sean while they were playing the drums. <laughs> so like this shit was fucking crazy for this album. All right. So this is what Joey had to say about Ross, uh, their producer. Ross is the most intense person I've ever met in my life. Besides the nine of us, we were out for blood and Ross saw that I would track uh, my drums and we would all be headbanging, throwing our headphones off, punching the fucking walls. He would take potted plants and throw them at me while I was playing. Uh, and I'd have to duck them. He made percussionist Chris Finn drink two gallons of water to where he was totally bloated on the verge of throwing up just to get Mike Mallet, the Mike Mallet sound out of his stomach or something like that. So, <laughs> Yeah, shit was fucking crazy. I'm so paranoid I'm not recording right now. Nope. Okay, good. We're recording. Sorry. I just really freaked out there for a second. Like, what if we've been doing this this whole time? Okay, great. No, it's okay. still recording. Okay. Sorry, I had to check it again. Like, did I see it right? Okay, anyway. um, Oh, Paul Gray uh, was doing cocaine as part of his writing process during Iowa. Yeah. This is so terrible. Their DJ's grandfather passed away and his reaction was captured in a recording. And then they used that as one of the intros for like one of their songs, oh I think. God. It's fucking crazy. And I'm not totally sure. I don't know. Like, yeah, listen, there's a lot of fucking crazy articles about Slipknot out there. Um, So the album would have actually done extremely well, but it like didn't sell that well at first. And there's a good reason. So... The timing was off because Iowa was released on August 28th, 2001. 
So September 11th happens like three days later, you know, Um, and then couple this with being mismanaged and abused by their manager, Steve Richards. So he'd racked up a ton of debt in their name and he billed them for things that they should not have been responsible for. And he got them cornered in, in like financial obligations through really shitty contracts. So these guys are like just totally fucked over. They've just been through physical fucking pain (laughs) to get this album out. (laughs) They can't get out of debt and like everything's just kind of falling apart. And like Steve Richards would like, pit the band against each other he would like try to make them fight and shit which is just like terrible so steve richards did pass away and joey publicly stated that he didn't hold any grudges against the man like i absolutely would and then i think Corey taylor was the one that said like i should dig up his corpse and beat the fucking shit out of it (laughs) so like two very different reactions Um, with all the shit going on behind the scenes, the band had to tour relentlessly with their third album to just, just to get out of debt that their manager had left them in with the band being pretty burned out. Uh, they went on a brief hiatus during which Joey helped create the band murder dolls, which is like actually a really cool sound. Hmm. I would recommend them. Um, yeah, it had like a glam rock horror punk sound and that was alongside with static X's trip, uh, Eisen. I don't know what instrument he played, but um it wasn't just joey that was exploring other avenues most of the other bandmates were as well so Corey taylor put back together stone sour and each member each of the members that branched out into the other acts all admitted like they almost didn't come back to make another album because they were like oh like i'm being loved in this band that i'm in and we're not punching each other and huffing dead things and whatever um so like yeah, they just weren't sure if they were going to get together for that third album. But then their bassist, Paul Gray, was arrested for drugs. And I guess the band really, like, rallied around him. And I think they just kind of missed each other. But no longer having Ross uh, Robinson as their producer, though, they brought in the legendary Rick Rubens, who's the founder of Def Jam Rep- uh, Records, to produce their third album. Uh, though the band didn't have much negative to say about him, there wasn't much positive either, mostly commenting on his lack of presence in the studio. Uh, they said they only saw him like six times during the entire recording oh, yeah. of it. So they were like, we don't have anything bad to say, but we don't really <laughs> have anything good to say yeah. either because he like wasn't fucking there. So... Um, And then they just kind of found themselves down that, like, another spiral of, like, substance abuse. So Paul Gray was really into cocaine. Corey Taylor was drinking, like, constantly. Like, he didn't stop. And I guess he said it was, like, really fueling his ego. And then Joey was also doing his fair share of narcotics. It says he went down, like, a chemical path or something like that. I don't know what that means. Um, So despite the issue, the band pulled it off. In 2004, their third album is released with a lot of positive reviews. And um, with that, they tour relentlessly. The band openly has commented that they toured as hard as they did because they just had to pay off that debt um, that they were in. Um, Let's see. Oh, and it says it took like years to unravel his like web of manipulations. But in their downtime, Joey was able to perform with some of his favorite acts. He performed for Corn or with Corn, Rob Zombie, and Ministry. And then Metallica, too, in 2004. I, th- I don't remember uh, if it was OzFest or if it was something else. But um, I guess Metallica approached him and they were like, hey, Lars Ulrich can't make it tonight for drums or something like that. Can you play? So, like, just hmm. spontaneously played for Metallica and... Wow. You know, he was so excited because they were his heroes and he considers them like oh. one of the best metal bands ever. Um, in 2010, the band was struck with tragedy when 38-year-old uh, co-founder of the band Paul Gray died of a drug overdose of morphine and fentanyl. 
Jordison and Gray had been extremely close. Just after landing in Des Moines, his manager called him and informed Joey of the bandmate's passing. So in a short amount of time, Joey received, I guess, like a ton of calls about the bases. Like, oh my God, did you hear that he's dead? He ended up like smashing his phone like in the plane of like, okay, I can't take any more fucking phone calls that my friend just died. Um, and then in 2013, Joey was hit with even more hard news. He was being fired from the band. So there isn't a lot to report on here due to legal reasons. Mm-hmm. So like every time it's brought up, it's like, you know, due to legalities, they can't get into the details of why he was fired. So it's still yeah. not really known. Um, well, like officially, mm-hmm. but Joey had his suspicions. So Slipknot released a statement saying, well, this is the crazy part. First, they released a statement saying that he had left the band due to creative differences. And then Joey quickly responded with, like, I didn't leave. They fucking fired me in an email. Like, it just happened overnight. Mm -hmm. Um, So Joey thought that maybe the band had assumed he was heavy into drugs because his playing hadn't been as good lately. Mm -hmm. Um, But unbeknownst to the band and even Joey at the time of the firing, he was suffering from a neurological disorder called uh, transverse uh, myelitis i think it's called which is a swelling of the spine and it affect nerves um and it i guess it weakens your limbs like oh. so your arms and your legs are like yeah. really really weak and he's playing drums like he yeah, really like he needs <laughs> you need your those parts <laughs> exactly your whole fucking body and yeah. when you watch him play too like he's standing up yeah. he's sitting down he's standing up and like he's all over the fucking place um but uh I feel like drums, too, is just, like, those things, too, where you're, like, oh, yeah. really, like, it's not, like, just a little, especially in a metal band. Like, yeah. I think there's a reason you don't see a lot of girl drummers. Yeah. Just because I assume you need a massive amount of upper body yeah. strength to, like, pull it off. Um, so, anyway, so he said, I lost my legs. I couldn't play anymore. It was a form of multiple sclerosis, uh, which I don't wish on my worst enemy. Yeah. yeah. So, but Joey did not suffer from a lack of determination, I tell you. He fought his way back to health, and after years of working his ass off, uh, he said that overcoming the illness was the most difficult thing he'd ever had to do in his entire life. So, once he felt good enough to play again, though, he rejoined Murder Dolls, and he started playing for other bands called Sinsanum and Vimic. I'm not really (laughs) sure if I'm saying that right. I apologize. Uh, in 2016, he received the Metal Hammer Golden Gods Award and stated that he had no ill will towards the band. I tried to look up Metal Hammer Golden Gods Award, and I just typed it in, and like, no, like they don't have a. I couldn't find a yeah. website of theirs. I mean, I had 30 <laughs> seconds to look it up, but yeah. I was still. Uh, but like other huge bands have won, you know, uh, Tool, Maynard Keegan has oh, won okay. awards, Ozzy Osbourne. Uh, Judas Priest, like all all kinds of like the classics have won. Um, So in a quote, he said, drumming is more of my angst and frustrations with everything. um, And to challenge myself to become a better player. I play constantly when I was diagnosed with transverse myelitis. I'm really gonna have to learn how to (laughs) say that word. uh, And my legs got wiped out. It was the most devastating thing. I'm not just saying this, but through determination, I'm stronger than I've ever been because I cannot not play drums. Uh, That's how much it means to me. But sadly, on July 26, 2001, Joey passed away at the age of 46 of what some suspect were complications from his neurological disease. But there's no official cause of death Mm -hmm. death that's ever been revealed. So I don't Mm, really know, but it could be. Um, Fans all over the world mourned the death of the hard-hitting drummer that could play faster than, I don't know, I think faster than anyone I've ever fucking seen in my life. Like. Just to go look up him playing drums, and he'd be on lifts. 
I don't uh, hide like hydraulic lift things well, where they yeah. bring him up and then they keep be playing upside down and shit well. and like. But he's in full costume. He's in a mask with yeah. a breathing hole, like the size of a slit of paper, and like he's <laughs> fucking killing it. Um, and then this is—I'll just end on his quote because I thought it was so cool. He said. I'm going to keep doing this forever until I'm not here anymore. This is my gift. This is what I was put on earth to do. I'm devoted to distortion, heavy metal, or I'm sorry, heavy music, creating new sounds and pushing myself to levels that I never knew I was capable of reaching. I'm always striving to reach the next place. Mm-hmm. Um, and then real quick, my sources were from Kerrang, um, articles by Paul Brannigan and Nick Ruskell, grunge.com, Eric Anderson, um, loudsound.com an article by alec chillingsworth a new york times article by christine hauser loudwire.com chad childers or child i don't know exclaim.ca joe smith inglehart an article by him and then there is a joeyjordanson.com website you can go to and it has his biography but it was pretty limited it was like a lot of quotes and that had more to do with like his passion for drumming and less about his life story which you know is also cool but uh yeah so that was Joey Jordanson. I know it kind of is like a semi Slipknot biography I as like that. well. That's cool. Yeah, because yeah, but it was like these nine guys were just like together. Like yeah. they they all have their own lives, but at the same time they are all Slipknot also. Yeah. So it's like hard to separate. And like, dude, these dudes are fucking insane. They're fascinating, honestly. Yeah. And like, oh, if you don't mind, it reminds me of like weird kids. I used to have these weird friends in high school, like Andrew and. Uh... Cassius and all these kids yeah. and they were like really into like like I remember we all like hung out one night and like Cassius was just like screaming like Whoa! like the whole <laughs> night they like would like break shit up they were just like oh so God. fucking nuts but that's what I was like thinking of with, like yeah. picturing when you're talking about them Fuck. just like but dude this is the kind nuts. of shit yeah. they did so just to throw it out there like how fucking crazy their lives are just real quick so Corey Taylor told the story of when he was a teenager his friends thought he had overdosed they thought he was dead did not take him to the hospital, threw him in a dumpster, and left him there. Oh, my God. They thought he died. He woke up. He was kind of bloody. He had no shoes. He had to walk 11 miles to get home. Oh, my God. So that's one fucking story. <laughs> and, like, his life is fucking crazy. Um, oh, here. The guitarist Mick Thompson had a public drunken knife fight with his brother one night in a parking lot. <laughs> he got stabbed and was like, well, I won't press any charges. Like, you know what I yeah. mean? Okay, here's the dead crow thing. Oh, the fucking artwork for their album Iowa is just a, a severed goat head on a wall. Yeah. Nobody knows how the goat head got there or something like that. Like <laughs> all they know is I don't remember who it was, but someone was like, Oh, I got the perfect thing for that. And one of the members just like brings in a fucking goat head. Oh my god. No one knows how yeah. they got there. It wasn't like a treated goat head. It was like a <laughs> yeah. raw fucking goat head too. Oh yeah. So anyway, so there's that. Oh. Um oh clown hired a drum tech because the guy drank urine picked puked it up and drank it again that was his fucking standard for like oh you know what you're fucking in dude (laughs) you just drank your own piss um uh, okay in the early days clown kept his own excrement and snapple bottles and rubbed it on himself and his bandmates what the girls some of this shit (laughs) Uh, a competitive relationship with Marilyn Manson led to Corey Taylor drinking his own vomit. Uh, oh the band's official scent is camel dung. <laughs> <laughs> oh, clown almost drowned, partaking in ritual self-harming. He likens to bloodletting. Oh, that's not really it. Oh, yes. Um, 
So he said he was at Ozfest, and I don't know if they were performing or he was just there as a fan, but he said he dove headfirst into a barrel at Ozfest, didn't realize it was half full of water, got stuck. He said he was down there forever, and he thought he was going to die. He's like, well, I guess this is how I, <laughs> yeah. I went somewhere. I shouldn't have been. Now I'm going to fucking yeah. die. So someone f- finally, they pushed the barrel over, and he's like spitting up water because oh he was about God. to fucking drown. Yeah. Like, this band is fucking insane yeah so it's like wild out of yeah so i was like telling bill Murray, i was like dude i'm like scared for you yeah. to, <laughs> to go to this concert that's cool um, it's no i i don't know because like i think of gore when i think of really oh, insane yeah. like do you remember that story tony told did we tell this story on here like uh, how they had to leave like they showed up at the show the bouncers had par- like um what do you call them uh ponchos yeah. on that yeah it like didn't cute it didn't click with them <laughs> what was about to happen he said that oh gore fans climb out of gutters to go yeah. to shows it's like yeah they sure do and that they were covered in fake blood by the end of, not- end of the night this is utah in winter where they he said and they were driving a jeep he said they <laughs> took their clothes off, threw it in a bush, and drove home in their underwear in Utah during the winter in a Jeep. <laughs> so, it, like, that's how crazy yeah. war shows are. But I don't know. Slipknot seems pretty yeah. fucking intense on its own. And all those people, too, yeah, like, those kids that I used to hang yeah. out with, it's like them going to the show, and they're just, like, yeah. fucking nuts. Like, dude, they're all nuts. The band even noticed, <laughs> the band mentioned how filthy their own fans were. Like, yeah. man, these people are grimy. <laughs> Uh, and then there was one video where it was like early days, like I'm talking 2002, maybe, maybe even a little earlier than that. When like Slipknot's walking through Washington, DC, just all weird in like lines, just being fucking crazy, (laughs) you know, and people are like approaching them and teenagers too. And this one teenage girl thinks she's like going to go around and be like, and this guy's like pinhead and this guy, and she's like in all of their faces. Yeah. And then she points, I think it was the guitaric Miss uh, Mick Thompson, where she's behind him, kind of like standing over his shoulders like he's sitting. And she goes, and this guy's kind of like a Rob Zombie guy. And she must be 14 years old. Yeah. And that Mick Thompson goes, just like puts a middle finger up right in her fucking face. And her <laughs> face was priceless. She was like, <gasps> <laughs> it was so funny. funny. So this band didn't give a fuck anyway. I'm yeah. Like There's like a video on. of it. There's a video That's of funny. it, yeah. She and her fi- her reaction was perfect because she thinks she's like so fucking cool. Like, yeah, like this guy's like a clown, and this guy's like a pig, and this guy's like rap zombie. <gasps> <laughs> um. Anyway, so that was my. That was long, awesome. I like that. Yeah, those guys were fucking nuts, and I wasn't sure if I was gonna do Slipknot. Yeah. There was like a a big plane crash in Isle where like a hundred yeah, people heard... died, but some people lived. Oh, did yeah. you see that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there was a lot, yeah. but I chose Slipknot in honor of Knotfest cool. touring. So <laughs> um, I was just going to say real quick, my yeah. source. Oh, I literally yeah, just only sure. used one. It was like a CBS News article, but I felt like it was cool. like pretty good. It had like yeah. a lot of information. And it was just called like, Young Murder Victim Helps Solve Her Own Cold Case Nearly 40 Years Later by Jamie Yukas. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Okay. Oh, sorry. One last thing, because I think it's so cool. Uh. I don't know his full name, but it is a Weinberg. So the new drummer for the band, or the one that's with them now, is Max Weinberg's son. 
Max Weinberg was the drummer for Conan O'Brien and oh. also the drummer for Bruce Springsteen. That's funny. So I just thought that was really yeah. cool. Because okay. my love for Conan yeah. O'Brien is, will never die. Anyway, well, shit, man, that's it. Um, right. I've got nothing else to say. Do you? No, I don't. Uh, let's fucking cut it short, man. It's been All a right. long I'm yeah. so tired. <laughs> well, goodbye, young ones. And... Uh... <laughs> Well, listen at least I'm not. not. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking listen to Slipknot. All right. Uh, all right. I need to think this through more. <laughs>